Welcome to the Torah Sisters Podcast. I'm Amy K. Gunther, and I love Yeshua, and I keep the Torah. I created Torah Sisters to help other like-minded women have a place to connect, grow, and be encouraged. Go to TorahSisters.com and sign up to get my free emails. And while you're there, also visit the store to subscribe to Torah Sisters Magazine. You can also get free stuff and lots more. I hope that you feel at home here. Hey, Taurus Sisters, it's Amy K. Gunther. Welcome back to the Taurus Sisters podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about buckets and how you really shouldn't put me in a bucket (laughs) or each other. But first, I want to remind you, go to TaurusSisters.com and subscribe to Taurus Sisters magazine. The current issue is the one with the wheelbarrow full of beautiful tomatoes. There's a theme of gardening and harvest and what to do with the harvest, whether it's your own or shopping farmers markets. And there's also articles of there's date night ideas, articles about Sabbath, all kinds of things, tons of recipes, a focus on on recipes that use the produce from the farmers markets that are starting to really um, come to life this part of summer. So go subscribe to Taurus Sisters Magazine. I can mail it to your home every other month. It's like having a whole bunch of blogs that you can hold on to. The best blog posts from Taurus Sisters, women who love Yeshua, in paper that you can hold on to and keep. The articles in these magazines, sisters, they don't like go bad. They're not usually time sensitive. They're things that are true and good and encouraging and useful forever. So once you get one of these magazines, you don't, it's not the kind of magazine that you read it once and you toss it. No, you read it and you keep it. And then some days when you're down or you're bored or you, you need some encouragement, especially on those days, or you're in a little bit of a spiritual dry spell, pull out one of the Taurus Sisters magazines. They will ultimately always steer you back to scripture. That's always the focus of all of the authors in there, but they will give you a, like a burst of energy and especially a feeling of not being alone and connection and encouragement. TorahSisters.com. Get the magazine. Okay. So back to the topic of the podcast today is one that comes up from time to time. And it's just, I want, if you're new to Torah, or you don't know about Torah at all. You're just like curious about who is Amy? Who are these Torah keepers, people? What what are they? Who are they? What do you call them? Everyone wants to put us into a bucket. And so let's talk about buckets. Like by bucket, I mean making a general statement about me or about each other or about maybe someone in your congregation. Trying to like lump people together and assuming that they all sort of believe the same thing. That's called, I call that putting people into buckets. And it's it's not always wrong to do that. Like sometimes we can make some general statements that might be true, but oftentimes it leads us into error <laughs> because that's, that's, that's tricky stuff, you know, especially when it comes to Torah, because this is so, um, I mean, the Torah itself is old and true and ancient, but us doing it and learning it, like we're still very new to it. I am, I've been doing it for nine years and I still feel very new. And I know that people want to try to understand this movement and this, um, this like revival of going back to the ancient ways. 
in the name of Yeshua, saved by grace through what he did on the cross, but walking out our faith in a slightly different way that resembles our um, our Jewish brethren and obviously the Old Testament, the law of Moses. So <laughs> we just can't put each other into buckets. And if again, if you're new here, don't put me into a bucket. Don't try to label me. It's hard to even label myself because I'm different. We're all different in this walk. Um, here's an example of a bucket. And buckets usually come with titles because in order to put someone into a bucket, you have to have a name for that bucket. <laughs> they have to have a title for that bucket. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about a sweet, sweet lady who's now a friend of mine. And I just adore this lady. But it's a good example because she's a smart good, awesome lady. And I have done this too, but I'm going to tell you what happened to she and I. So I think she had been doing Torah for a while, but somehow I I stumbled on her on Facebook or something. And, and I was like, okay, let's get together for coffee and chat. Who are you? I want to meet you. And I want to bring you into our community here in Michigan and stuff. And so we got together for coffee and we had the best time talking about like having our eyes open to Torah and, you know, just the truth and the excitement of it all. And how did we not see this before? And just super, I mean, super, super, super like-minded. Like she is just delightful. And I think we were just about to head back out to our cars after like three hours of super excited, nonstop conversation. And I said something about something and I, it was, it wasn't even a big deal what I was saying, but it made her realize something. And she said, wait a minute, you don't think the earth is flat? And I said, Oh, no, I don't. And she goes, she said, I thought all Torah keepers thought the earth is flat. And then we had a good little giggle, you know, because we don't. And um, and she just didn't know that. And she was not like in a bad way making assumptions or putting me into a bucket. You guys, I'm this lady did not do that. She just didn't know until she met me. So I am not like in the same bucket as the people she knew. And this is usually how it happens, right? When you come to Torah or you meet a Torah keeper, it's easy to assume that they're all like Amy or that they're all like this other person that you met or that every, if, if you know, let's say, you know, someone who goes to a certain fellowship and I don't know, they have this thing about them. It's easy to assume everyone at that fellowship is like that person. We must be... Um, wise to know it's not always necessarily like that. And sometimes it's in like my friend, like totally innocent, like she didn't know. Sometimes we're being lazy and we're looking, sometimes we're making excuses to not go visit other fellowships or get to know people. And so we just want to assume things. But in this Torah walk, and if you've been in this walk for more than five minutes, you probably already know we're not all the same. We're all very, very different. Uh, even last Shabbat, I was talking with some sweet friends and there was a husband and wife and they said, even we're different from each other. They don't even believe everything exactly the same. So before we assume things about each other, we must always ask. People usually like to talk about what they believe and think and do and practice. So just ask and don't make assumptions and put people into buckets. Some other ways that I see online in the, um, ugh, you know, the Torah discussions online that happen 
And because that's where it really gets into dangerous. You, you see someone say one thing and then you, you put them into a bucket in your head and you assume all these other things about them, which you don't even know them. But here are some other, I guess, issues that I've seen us make assumptions. And I do it sometimes too, ladies. I'm guilty sometimes too. Uh, we assume, well, the Christ- Christians out there will assume that because we keep the law, we don't have love. <laughs> of course, that's not true. Some people, I assume that because we keep Torah that we just don't care about the grace of the cross. Of course, that's untrue. Some people, sometimes we assume that people who don't keep Torah have a spirit of rebellion. And that's not always true either. Some people don't keep Torah because they're not convicted that it's right. They, they're they not ac- even academically convinced from scripture. They're interpreting scripture differently that we don't have to keep Torah. Of course, I know they're wrong, but it doesn't mean that they're rebellious. Rebellion is a different thing. So we have to be careful not to make assumptions about people. Uh, people, this one happens a lot. People find out, you know, we do Passover or we do Sabbath or we do anything Old Testament and they automatically assume we're doing Judaism. So then I'm lumped into the Judaism bucket and I'm here to tell you, I don't practice Judaism. That's not my bucket. I have some things in common with that bucket because see, here's the thing. A lot of us have some things in common with different buckets or different labels, but that doesn't mean we're all into that bucket. The only bucket I want to be all into is the one labeled Yeshua. I just want to be like him. Um, some people assume that if you keep Torah, you wear a head covering. Some women do in Torah keep wear head coverings. Some do not. Um, you know, we could get into the name of the father, sacred names, things like that. Um, some people might assume if you use a certain sacred name, they might actually label you a sacred namer. I don't like that label because it, it kind of comes with these other connotations that isn't always fair. Some people just prefer that name, but they don't act and behave the way that some other person who uses that name does. They have the name in common, but their behavior might be very, very different. So we can't put them into buckets until we know them. Uh, we also sometimes, if people reject certain Jewish practices or Judaism practices, I've heard this, they get labeled as anti-Semitic. And that's extremely unfair. Um, that's that's how you shut down an argument when you run out of things to say. You label them anti-Semitic. And... Um, and sometimes that might be true, but you have to be really careful before we assume these things about people. We also sometimes assume that a, a child will act the same as the parent. And I'm often talking about grown children. Like, you know, we're all kind of on the lookout for good spouses for our children someday. <laughs> and we have to be careful. If, if the parents are one way, it doesn't necessarily mean the child is going to turn out that same way. A lot of times they do. I understand that. But sometimes children see things in their parents that they have determined and that they will not do. And so give them the benefit of the doubt and don't put them into the same bucket as their parents' behavior. Likewise, don't assume that children or that parents are the same as the children, especially if the children are adopted. Um, Because that comes with, that's a very unique circumstance. And there's all kinds of unique circumstances in parenting, especially with with parents who are divorced. So, you know, again, we have to be careful not to generalize and make assumptions about people just because of who they live with or who they're raised by or who they associate with. Um, Lately, I've been thinking a lot about 
wheat and tares. And the tares in the community, they look just like the wheat. They look so much like the wheat. Now, when it's obvious and someone has done sin and there's witnesses to sin and all of that, then yeah, you get them out of the camp. They're obviously bearing bad fruit. But sometimes the fruit is not evident and we have to be careful. Um, or when it does become evident, see, some of the tares are not going to be separated from the wheat until the end of time when Yeshua allows the angels to do that work. That's how much they look like the wheat. Um, and so it's going to take basically an act of God one day for us to have our eyes opened to all the tares in our community. And so that's how good they look. If someone in a community turns out to be a tear, that means they turn out, I guess you could say, to be out of covenant or bearing bad fruit and not just sin now and then, but something awful that they're unrepentant of and rebellious. Um, just because other people were in their fellowship does not mean that those other people are also tares. You're not a tear because you were deceived by another tear. There are lots of wheat that the tear is among them and they don't know it. it you're not a tear because you're hanging out with a tear <laughs> and, or you're associated with a tear or anything like that. We have to be careful to not put the good wheat in the same bucket as a tear just because they're associated with each other. That's really dangerous and it's usually lazy territory and um, we don't want to go there. So all of these assumptions and generalizations that we make about people can really lead us down a path of um, not loving our neighbors because we're not giving them a fair shake. Another example would be I've seen this because I hang out with ladies. <laughs> we do this sometimes. Um, like I believe in biblical submission. I believe in that the husband is the head of the home and the wife should submit to him. But that doesn't mean that I believe that women are dumb or weak or that men are smarter or more spiritual or have a right to be obnoxious in his authority. I don't believe any of those things. There are some out there who believe those things. But just because I believe in submission does not believe mean I have the same behavior as other people who believe in submission. Do you see what I'm saying? And also, the flip of that is true. Um, there are women out there who, who would disagree with me. And they say, well, the wife and the husband are equal in the marriage and maybe also in fellowships. And the women can lead the fellowships and all those things. And some people make assumptions about those women and say, well, they must be, they're like feminists. They actually use the word feminists. And that's not always fair either because the word feminist can have lots of connotations to it and lots of behaviors and lots of different, you know, there's all different kinds of these women. So just because a woman has that belief system doesn't mean she might have the exact same belief system as another woman. Some of them are also very lovely, humble women who esteem their husbands in high regard. Um, and some are not. <laughs> so we have to be careful not to put one another in a bucket just because we met someone else who does or believes the exact, the exact same thing. It doesn't mean they approach it the same way at all. Um, labels in the end, labels sometimes mean nothing. Sometimes they mean a lot. And I'm not saying that words don't matter, but often they mean nothing until you get to know people and you see their fruit. 
Um, that's the only way to really know. And you can't just change your label because other people with that same label act poorly. So example, I call myself a Torah keeper a lot. And I also call myself obviously a disciple of Yeshua or um, I'm walking in the way or Hebrew too. I call myself a Hebrew often. Or Torah observant. Some people don't like the word Torah keeper because we can't keep all the Torah. We're just trying. Oh, Torah practicing. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, And some people for a long time have used the term Hebrew roots. And I see people online sometimes who get frustrated. And it's often like ministry leaders or people with YouTube channels and things like that. They get frustrated because they see the worst of people. Let's be honest. People with YouTube channels, especially the a lot of the guys putting out teachings, they get so much flack from people. <laughs> some people are just mean and they, they must get, and I get some of it, but these guys get so much more just mean, mean emails from mean people and who call themselves Hebrew roots or Torah keeper or whatever, but their fruit is awful. And so I've seen sometimes some of these ministry leaders, they get so frustrated. I think this is why they do it. I think they get so frustrated. They just don't even want to be associated with other people who call themselves Hebrew roots because they have been barraged on social media in an email by Hebrew rooters who are just mean people. And so they'll do this thing where they'll say, well, I no longer identify as Hebrew roots. I don't identify with that term. I don't identify as that word. That word means mean people. I now identify as something else. And they come up with a new name for walking out their faith walk. And that's not wrong. I mean, it's okay to call yourself something else. But um, we have to remember that usually those mean people are the minority most people are nice and good and bear good fruit. And even though you change what you call yourself, you know, people are still sometimes going to associate you just because you both do Passover and you do both do Sabbath or whatever. So sometimes just changing your the name that you put on your own bucket, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> I mean, what is a label? We're all just trying to be like Yeshua. And that looks, unfortunately, it looks a little different in all of us. And of course, we're not supposed to have these disagreements. We're not supposed to. We should all be the same. But we're not. And it's just how it is. I wish he would show us all the same things. I wish he would show me where I'm wrong. And we would all be in unison and in unity, agreeing on everything. But we're not. And so we just have to figure out how to navigate through this in love. and. Letting go of labels to a great extent can help us with that. I don't see anywhere in scripture where Yeshua cared much about labels. You know, he called us lost sheep. So I'm a lost sheep trying to follow my good shepherd. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> People are complicated and putting them into a bucket assumes that we can simplify their belief system. But we can't. We all have complicated belief systems. And we change. Um, just because someone believed the certain way five years ago doesn't mean they believe it now. People change. I have changed my mind about many, many things. And this is not a new thing. Even when we all used to go to Sunday churches, our churches were full of varying doctrines and beliefs. And ultimately, I believe that laziness is what leads us to buckets 
and stereotypes, and I am guilty too. It takes time to get to know someone. It takes time to be discerning. And to me, discernment means looking at the smaller parts, breaking things down. And usually in this regard, then it means taking time to get to know someone. Just because they make one statement in one comment or they post one meme with one sentence doesn't mean that you can extrapolate this whole doctrine that they must hold. Not necessarily. Take the time if you really feel you need to. And really, why do we have to stalk each other like that? But if you really feel you need to, look at their whole Facebook. Look at um, all the comments they post. Better yet, call them on the telephone and try to understand what they meant by that. Because if you assume what they meant, um, you're going to get yourself into trouble. <laughs> and you're going to look, sometimes in the end, you look foolish because you're like, oh, you were coming at it from that point of view. Um, discernment takes time. Discernment takes effort. And so making assumptions is easy. You can make an assumption about someone in a split second, put them in a bucket, walk away. But that's really not fair. Um, you have to get to know people. And really, it just comes down to like this thing that we teach our children. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And so if your assumption of them leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth about them, do you want people to do that with you? Or would you like them to inquire and to ask? Um, I, I don't see, I don't even see the Father Yehovah embracing stereotypes. Um, he dealt with people and he knew that we're complicated and we're complicated sinners is what we are trying to chase after righteousness. We see people breaking stereotypes all throughout scripture. The father is actually an expert in breaking stereotypes, using the weak for strong tasks and up, upsetting birth order and just story after story of stereotypes being shattered by this, um, the saints and the scriptures. Even Yeshua was shattering stereotypes. The disciples and who they are and where they came from shattered stereotypes. You know, so why are we embracing stereotypes? It's going to get us into trouble. So as you meet Torah keepers and as you, um, visit new fellowships, or even the fee season is coming. Don't rule out attending a certain feast because you know one person who goes to that feast. The rest of the people might be delightful or or whatever it is. Um, if one person believes that, all the rest of the people at the feast might not believe it. So call the feast organizer and ask that question. Don't stay home because you've been lazy and put people into buckets. So and finally, 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 don't take offense. <laughs> we have to be slow to take offense. When um, someone puts me in a bucket, likewise, I need to understand maybe they were in a hurry. Maybe they just had no idea some women believe that or do that or that Amy comes from that background or whatever. So as much as I say we shouldn't put people into buckets, I also need to give grace when people do put me in a bucket and make assumptions about me. And um, when I get the op opportunity to clarify, I need to do it with grace and compassion and understanding and not then writing them off because they put me in a bucket in the first place. <laughs> like it's just, we don't want to shut down conversations and relationships. We need each other 
in this movement because the world is not going to make this easier for us in the future. It's going to get harder and we need each other. So, um, yeah, the day is approaching. And so we need to be encouraging. We need to be gathering together even more. So that's all I have sisters leave comments. Let me know what you think and, um, go and talk to each other, not online (laughs) on the phone. (laughs) And um, I'll see you in the next podcast episode. Shalom.